How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello there, everyone. We're locked in for episode 60 of Locked on Thunder, presented by the Norman Transcript. I'm your host, Fred Katz. Locked on Thunder is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Head on to iTunes and search Locked on Thunder to subscribe to the podcast there. You can leave a review once you're there, too. Find us on audioboom.com as well. You can also log on to normantranscript.com to check out my blog, Thunder Road. It's under the Sports tab on the site, uh, and you can go there for more Thunder coverage. And I'm on every single day of the week now, Monday through Friday, whether there's a game, whether there's not a game. Guess I'm proving that now. First post-game podcast today. I'm talking first post-game podcast from a game I actually covered. It is 1.26 in the morning, Central Time right now, when I'm recording this. So, finished my gamer, came back to the hotel uh, as soon as the Thunder lost to the Mavericks in Dallas, 114-109. to Now I'm sitting in my hotel room, podcasting in my underwear. Is that too much information? Don't care. 127 in the morning. 127. It's been a minute, guys. I'm a little delirious right now, so, but uh, let's let's get to this. Actually, before we get to this, want to hear want to hear how I messed up? Want to hear how this is this is one of those it's preseason for everyone stories. So I I uh, I hit up Tim McMahon, who's the who's a Mavs beat writer, and and I asked him where where a good spot would be to stay, just you know near the arena, so you know I don't have to travel like crazy after the game because why would I want to do that? And uh, I accidentally forgot that I had hit up Tim and asked for a good suggestion and without even thinking booked a hotel and it just happened to be a 25-minute drive away. So now between driving there and back and shooting around for shoot around and driving there and back for the game, I spent almost two hours in the car just driving to and from games. Preseason for everybody. That's not going to happen in the regular season. We got two more trips down here during the regular season. That's not going to happen now. I'm going sure, to make sure I get my... Get my get, get in the right hotel next time I come to Dallas. Anyway, let's talk some real basketball. One fourteen to one oh nine. The Mavericks won. Thunder now one and two on the preseason. Own one against actual NBA teams. They split that doubleheader. They played well, not doubleheader. They split those that couple of games that they played over in Spain. Uh, injury updates first, just for those who were unaware. Stephen Adams didn't play in that game. Adams sprained his sprained his right ankle. Uh, you know, about a week and a half ago, playing in the preseason opener. So he didn't play in the second game. He did play, but, you know, you could see him working out with the team during shoot-around. Uh, I don't know if he went through, you know, full workouts and shoot-around. Uh, he was a game-time decision. But he, he did work out with the team during shoot-around uh, on Tuesday morning. And he was out on the court, you know, doing workouts, working out that ankle, the rest of his body. Uh, and, and they they just they ruled him not playing shortly before the game. Uh, Billy Donovan used the word precautionary. He also used the word precautionary for Andre Robertson, who uh, did not play, didn't dress, 
uh, left knee soreness was what the Thunder called it. So he didn't dress. Kyle Singler started in his place. And I promise we will talk about Kyle Singler in this podcast. Uh, Mitch McGarry didn't play right foot soreness. Same thing as the two games he missed in Spain, right foot soreness. Uh, that is unfortunate timing for Mitch McGarry with 16 guys on this roster and a surplus of bigs. Uh, Cameron Payne obviously out with the foot. And Ronnie Price got hurt in the second half of this game. Uh, Billy Donovan called it concussion-like symptom, symptoms. He, he he left in, I believe it was the fourth quarter. He left, went to the locker room, the training room, never came back. Uh, Billy Donovan called it concussion-like symptoms. He's going to get evaluated when the team's back in OKC. Um, you know, that they, they could have landed by now. I don't know if that meant, uh, you know, to, in the morning, Wednesday morning, or if it meant as soon as they landed. But when the team's back in OKC, he's going to get evaluated. I imagine, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter, at Fred Katz. Um, and, uh, you'll, you'll get those updates, you know, whenever I find out about them, I, I'll be tweeting them out. They got that Twitter app on your phone now. You don't need to run to your desktop to actually tweet stuff. It's amazing. Smartphones have changed the world. Uh, big stats, Ilyasova, leading scorer at 19 points. And Kyle Singler. Whoo, Kyle Singler. Kyle Singler, 17 points. Let's talk some Kyle Singler. Why not lead with Kyle Singler? Kyle Singler, 14 points in the third quarter. In the third quarter, the Thunder were down 13 heading into the third quarter. They, they made a big run. They picked up pace, uh, which was something I thought they struggled with a little bit than when the second unit was on the floor, but they played at a higher pace. Russell Westbrook, once again, only played the first and third quarters. And uh, Kyle Singler, he was just hitting threes. He was hitting his threes, Kyle Singler. Four for six from three-point range, 31 minutes. Uh, 17 points, 14 to those in the third quarter. Thunder were down 14 to the half. They came back. They tied it by the end of the quarter. I hate to disappoint those who got really pumped when they heard that. That doesn't matter. Not just because it's preseason, but because Rick Carlisle, as a friend of the show, tweeted at me. Rick Carlisle was playing the Texas Legends out there. Texas Legends are the Mavericks D-League team. Uh, He did not play starters in the third quarter. The starters played the first half. That was pretty much it. Carlisle went with the extreme resting strategy. Uh, And, and, you know, it was the Thunder starters who were, you know, with... Not all starters, because Adams and Robertson didn't play, but it was, you know, Sabonis and, and Westbrook and Kyle Singler and, and you know, these these NBA caliber players going up against guys, you know, who were a lot of D-League caliber guys, uh, and they made their run. But the good news is the Thunder actually picked up pace. They picked up some energy with Oladipo and with Westbrook out there, which is not at all surprising because those guys like to run. Those guys like to pick up pace, and it's something the team has made an effort to do. But Kyle Singler was hitting shots. Things look good when the shots go in, you know? It's funny. People got pumped about Singler on Twitter. <laughs> People got pumped. I got the memes. I got I got the I got the snarky comments. I got people freaking out about Kyle Singler going for 14 in the third. Uh it's funny how much just making shots does for you. You know, he played pretty much the same way. But making shots against non-NBA players, everybody freaked out. And people people hate on Kyle Singler. People hate on Kyle Singler unfairly. Like, I'm not saying that Kyle Singler has been good with the Thunder. He had a bad year last year, obviously. But people people just, it's so extreme with Kyle Singler. I honestly don't get where it comes from. I really don't get where it comes from. Uh, but Singler, he made his shots. If Singler makes his shots... He's going to look good, just like anybody else. Uh, and he did that. He did that. Uh, Josh Eustis played a lot of minutes, too, you know. 
Andre Robertson didn't play. I mean, Houston and Singler are the other two small forwards on this team. It doesn't seem like those guys would be the next in line, but those are the guys next in line when Robertson doesn't play. You know, maybe in certain scenarios, and Billy Donovan talked about this briefly pregame, in certain scenarios, you know, when you're going up against small lineups, three-guard lineups, that kind of stuff, you can shift Victor Oladipo over to the three, and, you know, you can play Abrinas at the two, or you can play Morrow at the two or something like that, and you just play a three-guard lineup. And I'm sure that's something we'll see at some point this year. Probably. I imagine so. Uh, but that's not really what you're going with this, with a starting lineup. If, if Robertson's not going to play... It's probably going to be Singler. It's probably going to be Houston, who's starting in that three spot. Both of them kind of did their jobs uh, on Tuesday night. They both kind of did their jobs. I mean, Singler, he made his shots. He made his shots. And uh, I thought Houston, I mean, Houston played okay offensively. He made a couple of nice cuts from the corner. Um, you know, with this kind of stuff, don't look at the made shots. Look at the process. You know, look at the process. Singler was, was spotting up around the arc like he always does. His process was pretty similar, which is fine. His process is not really the issue. It's just where the shots go in normally. If he makes the shots, he's Detroit Kyle Singler, and, and things are looking better. Um, with with Houston, I, I thought he played a pretty good defensive game. The Thunder had some issues uh, defensively, but you know, we'll, we'll get to that actually in, in a little bit. Uh, I'm not concerned about the issues defensively, and I think my reasons are very legitimate, which I'll get to in a few, but I thought Houston played a pretty decent defensive game. Uh, I know Billy Donovan wanted to try him at the four, guarding some bigs. He didn't really get that opportunity. Dark didn't play a lot of minutes, so there just wasn't that much overlap for Houston to play that stuff, but they were they were using him to switch on a lot of ball screens, um, and, and I thought he did a pretty good job communicating, um, even when, you know, he and Ersan Ilyasova or something, who, who's not the greatest pick-and-roll defender who ever lived, you know, those two would have to guard a pick-and-roll. Um, they, they pulled off a pretty seamless switch at one point in the second quarter on a pick-and-roll, and the Thunder's pick-and-roll defense wasn't perfect. I thought it got off to a pretty good start, uh, and then the Mavs started getting to the rim a lot, and it kind of fell apart. Uh, but I thought Houston did a pretty good job from a communication standpoint, uh, from from you know kind of playing all over the floor, getting out into the perimeter, switching on screens, um, fighting down low. Uh, I think he he looks pretty decent. I, I think there's a I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting in on the idea of of Josh Houston getting some minutes, and I I've, the whole time I've I've been a, a, a proponent of Josh Eustis, you know, getting a chance. He deserves a chance. He hasn't gotten one yet, and this team needs wing help, and Eustis is still, you know, a second-year player who who has, you know, and I, who should have an opportunity to prove himself. He was a first-round pick a couple years ago, even if he wasn't rated a first-round pick by a lot of people. The Thunder picked him in the first round. They bet on him. They bet on themselves and their ability to develop him and their internal player development when they sent him to the D-League for a year uh, and then played him only five NBA games last year after playing most of the D season in the D-League. Uh, they, they bet on themselves with that. And and this year, they just they got to give him a chance at one point or another. He's a great athlete. He's a pretty good defensive player. He is a pretty good defensive player. He's got a lot of strengths. And and he's a bright he's a bright player, too. Uh, if, he, if he can get some semblance of a shot, if he can just knock down a decent amount of shots, I think he could be, he could be useful. I really think he could be a useful NBA player. And, and the, the Thunder just have to, 
I got to give him a chance in order to find out for sure, and it seems like they're doing that. 27 minutes. Thought he looked okay. I think he's got a decent chance of fighting his way into the rotation. There aren't a lot of wings, and something's got to happen. Uh, bench wasn't great. Bench wasn't great in this game. Trouble scoring, trouble getting to the paint. Uh, difficult to judge the bench, honestly. It's it's difficult. I, I think the bench was, was not very good. Uh, it gave, gave up some runs. It, it really got killed in, in the pace category. They didn't really get to the rim very well. Uh, they, they were not getting out in front of the defense. And with a bench unit, you want to be able to play at a high pace. And, and one of those reasons is because usually a backup point guard, and in the case of Ronnie Price, this is true, he's not going to be so great at running your half-court offense. And so in order to take advantage of that half-court offense, in order to find an advantage in the half-court offense, uh, you don't just kind of out-athletic people. And the Thunder don't have an insanely athletic second unit. But you don't just have to out-athletic people. You, if you just beat teams down the floor, you just, you just run them down the floor. You don't have to score in the fast break. You can get mismatches. Once you get mismatches, you can exploit those mismatches. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, Canner being guarded by a wing or a small or something down low. Or, or you know, whether it's a big man uh, guarding guarding a ball handler, even if it's Ronnie Price. Like, even if it's Ronnie Price, who is not the, the you know, greatest backup point guard in the league from an all. I think he's a really good defender, but he's not the greatest offensive backup point guard in the league. Uh, and, and if you've got... If you've got a big guarding Ronnie Price, like a big guarding a pick and roll or something all the way away from the rim, that's an uncomfortable scenario for him to have to guard the ball in that situation. You're just putting guys in uncomfortable situations they're not used to, and you give yourself a better chance to score when you get those mismatches when you fly down the floor. And it's nice to have a second unit that can play with some pace just to compensate for the fact that it it's a team full of reserves. Thunder didn't really do that. Uh, again, I'm just not... I'm not concerned. I mean, Steven, so so Steven Adams didn't play. Andre Robertson didn't play. That means that Kyle Singler jumped into the first unit. It means that Kanner had some of his second unit minutes displaced in the into the playing with the first unit. So he played with the second unit a good amount. Wasn't there a ton? And when Kanner's not out there, you're just going to lose a lot of offense. I mean, he's going to be, I think, the main source of offense for this second unit. He is a wonderful, wonderful, unbelievably skilled offensive player. It was really fun watching him go up against Andrew Bogut. Andrew Bogut, who played great. What a game for Andrew Bogut. He was so good. What what an impressive performance. I mean, he's such a great passer. I know people acknowledge him as a good passer, but I think you can make a pretty good argument. Andrew Bogut is one of the five best passing centers in the NBA. Uh and I think people talk about him in some ways. Maybe it was just because the Golden State offense was so dynamic. And he's not a dynamic offensive player. He's just a crafty, heady player who's a great passer. And he's really he's really a playmaker in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and he doesn't really get credit for that. I think people think of him as a dud offensively just because he doesn't score and he doesn't hit his free throws. And and I think people think of him as a dud offensively, as useless, but he's he's not. And he, it's not just because like he knows how to screen and get offensive rebound putbacks. Like he he is good with the ball. You put him in the high post, he is good. He made some amazing passes, and it, they, it's not fluky. Andrew Bogut is a, one of the best passing big men in the entire NBA. I mean, he's who are the best passing big men in the league? I mean, you know, Bogut, his former teammate Draymond Green, Blake Griffin. 
No, I, I consider the ability to open up passing lanes as part of passing, and I know people want to put Joakim Noah in there, but but Noah Noah doesn't open up as many passing lanes as he used to because guys just don't guard him in the high post anymore. People just let him shoot. Guys guard him differently now than they did even two years ago. So I, I honestly wouldn't put Noah ahead of Bogut. I think he opens up more passing lanes than Noah does. Uh, both Gasols are in there for sure. Uh that's that's my list, I think. Off the top of my head, maybe I'm forgetting some. I probably am. That was not prepared. That was that was me off the top of my head. But I, I think those are the guys that I would say are the best passing big men in the league right now. Bogut, Bogut was just great. But watching him defend Canner was really fun to watch, too. Um, you know, Canner's just got so many moves. He's got every move on the offensive end. And, and Bogut's got every move as a post defender. I mean, he's a really good defender in every aspect. He's a rim protector and he's a pick and roll defender and everything like that. But he's a great post defender too. And, uh, he, he, he gets away with, with, you know, the, the dirtiest, dirtiest hand moves. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, that's good defense. That's not a complaint. I mean, the best defenders get away with stuff. They do. That's, that's how you play good defense. Just like the best screeners get away with screens. The best screeners aren't setting legal screens. People say Kevin Kevin Garnett's never set a never set a legal screen in his entire career. It's like, yeah, that's why he's a good screen setter. Same thing with post defense. You get away with stuff. You got to get away with stuff. And Bogut's just so crafty in that. So watching watching those few scenarios where Cantor would try to post him up or face him up in the post, that was fun. That was fun basketball. Uh, but the second unit, back to the second unit. The rotations just weren't the same as they're going to be in the regular season. You know, Canner with the first unit sometimes. Uh, even even the fact that because Russell Westbrook is only playing the first and third quarters, he's not playing the second and fourth quarters for rest reasons. He played 24 minutes on Tuesday. Now, that was his high of the, of the three games by two minutes. Uh, but he's played the first and third quarters of all three preseason games now. That's a predetermined plan. That's a way to get him rest, and that's great. That's fine. That's the way you play in the preseason. You you never push guys past to where they're comfortable. I mean, that's that's obviously the way to play it. But because of that, Billy Donovan can't stagger his lineup so that Westbrook and Oladipo are on. One of them is on the floor the whole time. He just can't do it. Uh, so there are points in the second quarter where Ronnie Price is running the second unit, and I don't think that's going to happen in the regular season. I don't know this for sure, but I think, I mean, especially with the way that Donovan's played Oladipo with the second unit a pretty decent amount. And and I think he's just going to make sure that either Westbrook or Oladipo's on the floor at all times. And we're not going to see lineups of maybe sometimes in rare moments we're going to see, you know, because of foul trouble or because of circum, you know, certain circumstance I can't think of right now, we're going to see, you know, five-man bench units sometimes. But for regular rotations, I think we're going to see Oladipo come off, you know, halfway into the first quarter or something like that, and we're going to see him come back in uh, whenever Westbrook comes out, and he's going to run that second unit. Ronnie Price will be out there, and Ronnie Price will be guarding point guards, but Ronnie Price is going to have a more off-ball role, and, and Oladipo is going to be the primary facilitator. That's the way it should be. Victor Oladipo can play some point guard. I mean, the Magic tried to they thought he was a point guard when he was a rookie and played him at point guard a decent amount all the way all the way through in his time in Orlando. So, um, you know, and, and and Billy Donovan has said that he has some confidence in in the way that Oladipo can run the point and basically just be not run the point, just be a facilitator, just be the the lead facilitator in the second unit. And I think that's what we're going to see. So, these weren't things that were part of the second unit 
because of injuries, because of, you know, resting guys like Westbrook, uh, because of, you know, just, just general strategy and, and circumstance of the game, it's not worth judging the fact the second unit got killed. I mean, there are flaws. Cameron Payne's injury hurts them. They don't have a tertiary facilitator right now. It hurts them. It really forces them into a position where they have to stagger Westbrook and Oladipo. But, but you know, it, it was fine that the second unit didn't, didn't play its best on Tuesday. I don't think Tuesday's performance was really telling of anything uh, with that unit. Uh, the defense was hard to evaluate, too. And I think that's just because Adams and Robertson were out. Like I think, I mean, look, so so the Thunder average gave up 68 three-point attempts in their two games in Spain, 37 to Real Madrid, 31 in that second game to FC Barcelona, um, 28 more to the Mavs. That's okay. Mavs shoot a lot of threes. They, they had some defensive breakdowns, some misrotations, uh, some bad pick-and-roll defense. The pick-and-roll defense mess-ups mostly led to shots at the rim. Um, you know, I'll go back and I'll rewatch this game like I do with all of them, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll see if I'm right on that because sometimes I'm just wrong on first look. Sorry, not a coach. But uh, I, 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 I feel pretty confident in saying most of the pick-and-roll uh, you know, mistakes and, and the issues of the pick-and-roll defense, most of those led to, to shots at the rim. And that, that's obviously a problem. But it's just a problem Tuesday night. Like it's really just a problem Tuesday night. Uh, think about it like this: if it were last season, that's my wireless modem that's that's beeping. Uh, if it were if it were last season, and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook weren't playing in a game, you wouldn't want in the Thunder struggled to score. You wouldn't wonder why the heck the Thunder weren't scoring. That's not something that you'd wonder. You'd know it was Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Well, the Thunder were missing their two best defensive players on Tuesday night, Andre Robertson and Steven Adams. The defense had some issues with rim protection, with pick-and-roll communication at times, and Billy Donovan had a really good quote about that. I haven't tweeted out that full quote. I put a little snippet in my game notes. Those are up on normantranscript.com, by the way. You can check those out at Thunder Road. But I put a little snippet in there in my game notes. I, I haven't put out the, the full quote on the pick-and-roll defense. It was really interesting. Billy, Billy is always good for a throw. X's nose breakdown. Like I, I learn a lot about basketball from him. Uh, he's he's always he's always great for that stuff. Uh, but I'm hard to break down the defense. Hard to criticize the defense when it doesn't have its two best players. It's just hard. Uh, there are some things they could do better with with certain guys. But you know, if Stephen Adams is out there, he just makes things look better. He makes things look better. Uh, another observation that I thought. I thought Sabonis, I thought they used him around the perimeter a little bit more than we, and a little bit differently than we saw in the Spain games. They used him in the perimeter and not just as a pick and pop guy. His, 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 his three point attempts in those games, they came on pick and pops. Uh, they came, I think one came off an offensive rebound, uh, opportunities to him kind of naturally just came on swings around the perimeter, that kind of stuff, whether he put up a shot, whether he made another decision, those kind of opportunities, they, they, they came off of those sorts of situations. The Thunder were using him naturally around the perimeter. I mean, Billy Donovan ran an ATO. ATO is after timeouts. That's an after timeout play. Billy Donovan ran an ATO. It's a set play. And it had one of the options 
the option which they ended up going to, but one of the options was Sabonis in the right corner for a corner three. That was one of the end options, and they actually ran that as an ATO. That's not something we'd seen. We hadn't seen that ATO before. We hadn't seen that play. We hadn't really seen a play which stuck Sabonis in the corner. Uh, you know, there was another play where Sabonis got the ball in the right wing, and he, he went one dribble, went to the hoop, and kicked for a corner three in the left corner, opposite side. I was like, whoa, this is interesting. His line wasn't particularly, wasn't particularly impressive. But I, I'm and, and he made some other mistakes, but he's showing flashes of uh, of some stuff I, I wasn't really aware that he could do. He, he he is he is interesting. His game's polished. I think there's a lot of stuff that he's going to be able to do, and I'm I'm excited to see kind of what continues. This is three straight games he started now, three in a row, three in a row. That's that's uh, I don't know if two's what's the saying if two's. Two's a couple, three's a crowd. I don't really... That doesn't have anything to do with this, does it? He started a crowd of games. Oh, man. Gotta go to bed, guys. Gotta go to bed. By the way, as in reference to what I was saying yesterday, I looked up the numbers. I looked up the numbers. Listenership for this podcast in the last week. This is funny. 5.2% of listeners were in Australia. 5.1% were in New Zealand. Come on, guys. I know Australia has more people, but New Zealand, you can do this. There's a player from New Zealand on this team. You can do this. Tell people. You can beat the Australians. You can do it. Although, the Dave Howarth, who's the uh, strength and conditioning coach for the Thunder, he's Australian. So if that's where the motivation is coming from. If that's where the motivation is coming from for the Australian listeners, you guys, you guys can go for it. Is it Stephen Adams or is it... Or is it or is it strength and conditioning? What are you fighting for? Thunder play next Thursday night against the Memphis Grizzlies. That game is in Tulsa, though. Uh, so, I don't know. How far is Tulsa from Oklahoma City? I've never been to Tulsa. I will be in Tulsa for the first time on Thursday night. Going to be doing a game preview for that. That's going to be on tomorrow's podcast, so Thursday morning. They'll be getting that at a normal time. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, one of those that's just going up at 2 in the morning because no game to do tomorrow. So, I'll be recording that at a normal time and... Probably going to bed at normal time tomorrow, too. Before we go, remember I'm on every weekday, Monday through Friday. You can head out to iTunes to subscribe to Locked on Thunder if you have questions or comments. Email LockedOnThunder at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter, at Fred Katz, and you can log on to NormanTranscript.com for all your Thunder needs and check out Thunder Road to follow team coverage and what's next for the Thunder there. That's going to do it for today. I'm back with you tomorrow for... Uh, a preview of the Grizzlies game. Until next time, Locked on Thunder is locking up.